This is the sound of everyday reality in Afghanistan. Children laughing and playing as warplanes fly about their neighborhoods. But this might change soon. The United States has just signed a deal with the Taliban that it hopes will end nearly two decades of fighting in the country. I'd like to congratulate all of those incredible people that have worked for so long on our endless war in Afghanistan, 19 years, going on 20 years. The U.S. government has spent $2 trillion on the conflict. At least 100,000 Afghans have been killed or wounded in the last 10 years of war. At least 3,500 American and NATO coalition troops have lost their lives since the U.S. invasion. To understand how long the United States has been in Afghanistan, consider this. The youngest American troops being sent to Afghanistan these days were born after the 9-11 attacks. Many of the Taliban fighters they are battling don't know a time before the U.S. invasion. This is Beyond the Headlines. I'm your host Sohail Akram and this week we're asking if the new deal between the United States and the Taliban can bring peace to the country. I only want a better future for Afghanistan. For the good of Afghanistan, all of this needs to stop. The suicide bombings need to stop. People need to understand that when the mothers and fathers of this country suffer, their children also suffer. I hope God gives us this peace they are talking about, so that we don't see these days again, and that the mothers stop feeling the pain and the fathers stop feeling the pain. This is Farizana Siddiqui. The 30-year-old lives in Kabul and dreads to think of the days when the Taliban ruled the country. The conflict has hit her family hard. She lost her nephew and her niece in an attack in Kabul, but they don't know who carried out the attack. Like Farizana, millions of Afghans are looking at the deal, both with a sense of hope and a deep sense of suspicion. The deal sets out clear steps to end the war, but it's only the first step on the difficult road. It goes like this. The U.S. will begin withdrawing troops from Afghanistan, bringing down the number of soldiers from around 12,000 to 8,600 over the next 135 days. This will be followed by a full withdrawal within the next 14 months. On the Taliban side, they must begin talks with the government in Kabul and cut ties with groups like Al-Qaeda. They must make sure Afghanistan does not host groups opposed to America. The deal also includes an agreement to release around 5,000 Taliban fighters in exchange for around 1,000 hostages. But there are complications. The first test will be for the Taliban. The Taliban are not a single cohesive unit. They are, in fact, a collection of tribal groups and bodies with their own leaders and agendas that operate as a coalition. We spoke to Dr. Jasmine Bhatia, research fellow at the School of Oriental and African Studies in London and a lecturer at Birkbeck University. We asked her if the Taliban leaders would ensure their fighters abide by the deal.
The new deal sets the stage for intra-Afghan peace talks to begin around the 10th of March. But so far, the US and the Taliban have been talking directly. The government in Kabul has not been party to the talks because the Taliban don't want them on board. The group dismisses the Afghan government as illegitimate. This has raised suspicion that the Taliban might not negotiate in good faith and may even bide their time until America leaves before trying to seize power. To illustrate this point, just hours after the deal was signed, Afghan President Ashraf Ghani rejected the prisoner swap. No commitment has been made for the release of 5,000 prisoners. We have repeatedly shared this issue with Dr. Zalmay Khalilzad. Ashraf Ghani is referring to the U.S. Special Envoy Dr. Zalmay Khalilzad. He became the U.S. top negotiator for talks with the Taliban. He was a U.S. ambassador to the country after 2001. The U.S. was careful that it was him and not the Secretary of State Mike Pompeo who signed the deal with the Taliban's political chief Mullah Abdul Ghani Baradar. To all affairs in Kabul about any Taliban takeover, President Trump sent Defense Secretary Mark Esper to Kabul for a separate ceremony with Ashraf Ghani at the same time the U.S. was signing the deal with Taliban in Qatar. As inter-Afghan negotiations progress, the United States will watch the Taliban's actions closely to judge whether their efforts towards peace are in good faith. If the Taliban uphold the agreement, the United States will begin a conditions-based, and I repeat, conditions-based, reduction in forces. But it's not just the Afghan government. Many Afghans, both inside the country and outside, are watching closely. It was an odious regime that was oppressing the entire country en masse. Um, you know, I mean, there were, there were beatings in the streets. There were, you know, amputations carried out in public for petty crimes. Um, things that, that no one deserves. I don't think all of that will come back if an agreement is made with the Taliban. But the same people will come back uh, who, who did those things. There will be no justice for any of that. And the, the nature of the country will fundamentally change now. This is Suleiman Hakimi, the deputy comment editor at The National. Suleiman is an Afghan-American who has seen both his countries caught in an unending spiral of conflict. Um, the U.S. has been at war in Afghanistan for 18 years, but Afghanistan's been at war for 40 years. If you just look at the population data, I mean, 90% of the country is under the age of 55. That means there's barely 10% of Afghans in Afghanistan who reached adulthood before all this mass violence began. It's hard to recover from that, but you have to recover from it. That's the only silver lining of a deal with the Taliban is that maybe, maybe the shooting will stop because it, it has to stop at some point. But the cost of it stopping like the psychological cost and the societal cost is, is enormous. Soon after President Ghani's announcement that no Taliban prisoners will be released, the Taliban resumed their attack against government forces. The group has reportedly said they would resume fighting Afghan forces but would not attack the US and NATO troops. On March 2nd, a motorcycle bomb attack at a football match killed three people. So, is the Taliban using this attack to pressurize the government into releasing its prisoners? And could this derail the talks before they even begin?
The success of intra-Afghan talks also depends on whether the country's two top politicians sort out their differences. One is President Ashraf Ghani, and the other is his political rival and country's CEO, Abdullah Abdullah. Abdullah has rejected the September 2019 election results after allegations of fraud. He claims the incumbent president, Ashraf Ghani, tried to validate some 300,000 fraudulent votes in his favour. The president denies these allegations. Both men had initially declared themselves as the winner of the presidential election. Dr. Jasmine Bhatia says that unless this is sorted out, putting a negotiating team together to sit across from the Taliban will be much harder. On the ground, the verdict on the deal is split. There are Afghans who are hopeful, but there are others who fear the Taliban might come back. Stephanie Glinsky has been reporting for The National in Afghanistan. She asked people in Kabul about the new deal. Stephanie spoke to a 16-year-old student, Momand, who lives in Kabul. In my opinion, the deal with Taliban and the United States is very good, the future of Afghanistan, the future of young generations, and the future of us all. Stephanie also spoke to 35-year-old Zuhal Atmar. Zuhal runs a recycling business in Kabul. So overall, we have seen that every woman is uh, talking and they're very nervous and they think this uh, agreement which is signed uh, means that Taliban is coming in the same face, same structure as in 1996. Those six years that the women has, have, have suffered, they will come in the same nature, same character. So that's why they are very nervous and they are very upset. Zuhal Atmar is referring to the year the Taliban banned women from going to school or work. It was also the year when an Afghan woman had her thumb cut off for wearing nail polish. The Taliban had emerged in 1994 after years of conflict in the country. According to Amnesty International, many of the Taliban members were former Mujahideen fighters who had been trained in Pakistan during Afghanistan's civil war in the 80s and 90s. The group ruled Afghanistan from 1996 before they were ousted from power by the end of 2001 after the US invasion. Taliban representatives say that the insurgent group is not interested in fighting anymore. Abdul Salam Zaif is a former Taliban ambassador to Pakistan. He was part of the negotiation team 
when the deal was signed on February 29th. Zaif promises the Taliban has changed for good. The Taliban giving insurance to the people of Afghanistan that the next Afghanistan will be stable and Afghanistan will be for all Afghans, including women, men, minority, majority, all of them. And we will work together to make Afghanistan stable Afghanistan, peaceful Afghanistan, and to make more progress. The Taliban, which I understand, they are not interested in continuing fighting in Afghanistan. That the fighting in Afghanistan was imposed on, uh, on Taliban. But anyway, today is very important. And this is really crucial. There have been questions over whether the Taliban will finally help America capture kill or drive al-Qaeda's leaders from the region. There's also the question of ISIS. Since the destruction of the terror group's so-called caliphate in Syria and Iraq, there were reports that senior leaders, fighters and equipment were being moved to Afghanistan. So, will the Taliban keep in check the groups that threaten the United States? Trump seemed to be implying that in his remarks after the deal was signed. I'll be meeting personally with Taliban leaders in the not-too-distant future. And we'll be very much hoping that they will be doing what they say they're going to be doing. They will be killing terrorists. They will be killing some very bad people. They will keep that fight going. The next few weeks remain pivotal for Afghanistan. The winter season in the country usually sees fewer attacks in comparison to the onset of spring, which is known as the fighting season. As the first flowers of spring bloom in Afghanistan in the coming weeks, its people will be hoping there are no new attacks either from the Taliban or the United States. Thanks this week to Dr. Jasmine Bhatia, Research Fellow at the School of Oriental and African Studies in London, Stephanie Glinsky and all the contributors on the ground in Kabul. Thanks also to Suleiman Hakimi. This is Beyond the Headlines. If you have time, please leave us a review. Subscribe to the program by tapping the subscribe button on your podcast app. We were produced this week by Aisha Khan, Arthur Edison, Taylor Heyman and Willie Lowry. I have been your host, Sohail Akram. Thanks for listening.